Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. service announcement brought to you in part. Ah, shut up, punk. Yo, thing on? Good, good. Hell yeah. Yo, I'm speaking on behalf of D12. And if you get offended by words like bitch, hoe, sissy, faggot, homo, lesbian, fudge, packer, click eater, all that shit like that, then you should turn this shit off right now. Because that is some of the shit. Nah, that's the only shit that you're going to hear right here on this album. It's not that they don't have creativity or some shit like that. That ain't the case. We just like saying shit like that just to fuck with you. Hey, I told you to hold him down. Now he's running. But fuck it. God damn it. If you would have just stayed still, nothing would have happened to you. It just goes to show when you fuck around with us, shit can happen. Hello and welcome to Geekcaster Radio episode 33. This will continue the epic music spotlight we have planned here at GCR. I am one of your hosts, DFG and Mike, and joining me is Mike the Birdman Dodd from This Week in Geek and all the other shit he does. It's true. I tend to get around. I am like the village bicycle. I'm kind of a slut. It's true. Zombie, hey, zombie village bicycle with a shotgun. Exactly. Vampire zombie village bicycle idiot with a shotgun. It's true. I don't sleep and I feed on the blood of the living. And if I don't like you, I blow you in half. That's right. Uh, today we're going to be talking about all kinds of music from the 2000s. Oh boy. So really quickly, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I don't know when this is airing. So uh, recently I was just contacted by MTV Canada and I've auditioned for a show called MTV Creeps, which has to do with my social media presence, like Facebook, Twitter. So I imagine it'll be me raging about nerdy things, talking about RoboCop, the amount of girls 
that like to randomly flirt with me. And I know I'm going to be answering questions about that and likely why you play video games, why you make me so mad. So that's what I imagine is going to happen. Other than that, uh, review a day, uh, powering along as always. And uh, just keeping busy like I always do, still sleeping the minimum of three hours a day. and Good times. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. And before we get into the music of the 2000s, we need to kind of put a disclaimer out there. Mike is someone who listens to not your average. He does not listen to mainstream stuff normally. This episode is mostly going to be mainstream, but we have set aside here in the spotlight later an episode for non-mainstream music, but he listens to mainly like nerdcore rap and, and, and stuff like that, whereas I listen to stuff like Nickelback and Theory of a Dead Man and, and stuff that is really simple. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't mind the same three guitar chords. <laughs> See, I guess with me, because I went to radio school and I've worked in the radio industry for about the last five years, I've really fallen out of the mainstream simply because once... Once you're in that type of business, you start to notice patterns, and eventually once those patterns become more and more apparent, you kind of become like Nicolas Cage and knowing, and it drives you crazy, oh, and wow. you just need to get the hell out of there. So I, I, I've got some theories, because we do have a couple topics that we're, that we're going to be covering tonight, and I can relate it to video games, especially if you live in southern Ontario or anywhere in the Niagara Golden Horseshoe. I'm going to name a couple of radio stations, and I'm waiting for these guys to come breathing down my neck saying, how dare you? But I've got evidence, so don't worry. And uh, you'll see why I've kind of left the mainstream. I listen to a few mainstream bands like uh, Rise Against, Foo Fighters, stuff like that. More more hard rock and punk stuff, but I do listen to some indie bands like, C like CKY and the like. Right. For me, by the time the 2000s rolled around, I found a few new bands in the beginning of the 2000s era. And I've liked them ever since. Um, for me at this point in my life, it's mainly bands that I've liked for the last 10, 15 years. Or it's mainly 80s and 90s music that I grew up with as a kid. I have not listened to a radio station in over two and a half years. Well, you should probably fix that because there are <laughs> there are some great bands out there that are getting discovered through radio play. The, pro right. the problem is, though, a lot of these bands get way too much radio exposure and i think they sold out as a large degree as artists and i know we're going to get into this later oh yes well, yes we're going to get into this the reason why i bring that up that i haven't listened to radio in a very long time is because it's not as relevant anymore it it's not only that but again it goes to too much airplay like um i can give you a pretty example 1999 or well no 2001 my local rock radio station at the time, every two hours was how you remind how you remind me. Don't get me wrong, I am a huge Nickelback fan. I love them, but hearing that song every two hours, every single day, that's See, way. I, I mean, I I get the song was popular. It launched them into, and we'll talk about this later in their spotlight. It launched them into that, but I I don't like when. Any song, it doesn't have to just be Nickelback, but when any song, if it's a song I like that gets over and over and overplay, 
my guess is that station was likely a uh, a top forty, and no, it was it was it was a new rock. It was a it was a completely rock station. Now uh, now let me ask this: Was the station local or was it a? It, no, it was local. Okay, because I know sometimes for radio stations they have things called satellite stations where basically right. your news and weather etc are local. But the music is played from probably Los Angeles or whatever, and someone local is just like backselling it. I don't think so because I've been to both at the time here here in Louisville, Kentucky. We had uh, WFXT. Is it W? No, WTFX one hundred point five The Fox, which they are now ninety three point one The Fox, and we had one hundred five point one WLRS, which is now a talk station. Sadly. Um, but I have been to both of their studios, and I I saw them play the stuff. So, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where that's why I haven't listened to radio in so long. Is because if I want to listen to a song that I absolutely love that they'll never play, that's what iTunes is for. for well, me. yeah. Well, yeah. You also have iTunes. You have Pandora, Spotify, oh, yeah. which we don't have in Canada, but we do have <laughs> the the iTunes service via that way. We can listen yeah. to radio stations around the world. And I'll agree with you. Radio is becoming less and less relevant, which is terrible for someone in my particular job position. But um, <laughs> yes. it's still important to get artists out there. I mean, it's not as big as it was in the 50s and 60s. I mean, there was a radio station in Detroit called the Big Eight, and I can't remember what its specific call letters were, but stations like that were instrumental in getting big bands out there, especially in the 60s and 70s, because if you got played on the Big Eight, the music director at the time was like, I like this band. This band does not suck. Let's play them. And they'd be selling at what that time would be monumental amounts of records. Oh, yeah. And it would launch people's careers that way. It's not the same anymore. Since the invention of, like, MySpace, I know, and you have yeah. to credit MySpace for how music has changed, specifically in the new media decades, that's how bands got noticed. I mean, yeah. sadly enough, Justin Bieber got noticed on YouTube. And mm-hmm. it's because radio isn't that relevant anymore. And it really sucks in a lot of ways. Although it's still cool to hear bands like say Weezer or Foo Fighters or whoever go on some of the local radio stations like K-Rock in Los Angeles or be yeah. Edge 102 in Toronto and talk about their concert and have, you know, a kind of a sit down. But yeah. as far as getting new music out there, I think the web is the way it's going to be pretty much till now until the end of time or until we get the matrix in our heads. Yes. I mean, I you know, I know that, you know, a lot of people condemn Wikipedia that it's the worst thing in the world, but it is an information source and as long as the information is cited, I I I will use it as a as an informational source. And that's how half the time I find out about a lot of my, you know, you know, unless I, you know, obviously I follow all my favorite bands on Twitter and stuff like that, but that's half the time how I find out if any of my favorite bands are putting out new albums is like, you know, lo- looking them up on Wikipedia. Uh, for me and in radio, I always wanted to work at a radio station. I didn't care what the job was. I just wanted to be there, to be in that atmosphere. Um, in every city I've ever lived in, I've always, you know, whatever radio station I got listening to and attached to, I would always become friends with the DJs and hang out with them and everything else. And whereas now, podcasting for me essentially is the new radio. Because yeah. this this allows me to to talk to fans and and to talk on multiple different subjects and granted I you know can't play music in between some stuff you know really not supposed to but you know what I mean it's one of those things where podcasting for me is the new radio 
Um, so yeah, without any further ado, after this <clears throat> musical interlude, we're going to get into the topics. We'll be back after this. Hello, Nerds! This is Jesse from Rock Sugar, and you're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. Keep it right here. Gaga Gone Country. Auto tune out the ass. We are back here on Music of the 2000s for GeekCast Radio. We have eight topics to get through tonight. We're going to do four and four, so there'll be a break in between. The first one 
is we're each going to go over what we loved listening to in as far as music in the 2000s. Now, I know that we are, you know, the 2000s are technically over because it's now the 2010s. Um, but I am lumping the 2010s since we're only two years into the the new decade. I'm lumping it into the 2000s because it makes no sense to do another episode just on the first <laughs> three years of a new decade. Um, so, Mike, from 2000 to now, what 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 have you been listening to? Uh, bands that I've always consistently stuck with is Offspring. I've stuck with uh, Green Day, CKY, Rise Against. You're noticing a pattern here, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, I listened to a little bit of uh, Anti Flag, uh, Operation Ivy, Rancid. Uh, I'm trying to think of other bands. I really, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of bands you might necessarily know off the top of your head. I've, 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 heard, I've heard of a lot of them. Okay. I mean, not, you know, I've, I, 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 I have heard a lot of the bands that you just mentioned. You know, uh, CKY, I haven't heard of them, but a lot of the other ones I've heard about in passing. So uh, I also listened to, I just had it on the tip of my tongue, and now it's going to bug me. Um, I've also listened to, like, some of the mainstream. Like, I started out as a huge Nickelback supporter with their first two albums. And we'll get to that as we get a little further in this topic as well. Um, I'm trying to think of other bands I've like. I mean, obviously, I'm into a lot of the big classic bands like ACDC, mm-hmm. Metallica. Although Metallica stuff post Monster or no not Monster post Saint Anger, I think it's complete dog shit. I mean, I think their best album. This is gonna hate mail. Mike at thisweekgeek.net. I think their best album was Garage Inc. and that was a '90s cover album. Although Unforgiven Two was also pretty good, though I, I I do say I also listened to System of Down, uh, stuff like that. I mean, I listened to what was popular ish. Uh, another band that I like too, and these guys, I haven't listened to their stuff in the last couple of years, but it was a band called H.I.M. Him, which I got into them via the CKY uh, jackass Bam Margera side. In fact, that's where I'd say I got a lot of my musical influences in the 2000s from the Tony Hawk soundtracks, which mm-hmm. are utterly fantastic stuff, although recently they're garbage. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I was into. But I'd say the two strongest bands that stood out for me in the 2000s, or Linkin Park. Still huge fans of them, though their last two albums. I'll get to them. And yeah. probably, if I said that, I'd probably say Rise Against would probably be my my top two bands and that I've listened to in, in the 2000s. For me, um, Nickelback, uh, 2002 was a huge year for me. Um, 2002, I found Theory of a Dead Man. Uh, I... I've told this story before. Um, I don't know if you know this, but um, the day Spider-Man came out, at the time I got into a fight with my girlfriend and I just didn't want to be where we were living. So I went to the movie theater, saw paid for Spider-Man once, spent the entire day there, saw Spider-Man five more times after that. I lo- at the time I loved that movie so much. I and how I was, much did that cost? Okay, you saw Spider Man five times in one day. I saw Spider Man six times in one day. I paid once and I theater hopped the rest of the day. I don't know whether that's really cool or really sad. <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. But Spider Man is what introduced me to Tyler Conley and his band Theory of a Dead Man. He was playing background guitars on Hero, which was Josie Scott and Chad Kroger's song for Spider-Man. Theory of a Dead Man's lead single off their debut album was Invisible Man. 
you could not hear them unless you bought the Spider-Man soundtrack because uh, the Theory of a Dead Man self-titled album didn't come out till much later in 2002. Um, heard them, absolutely loved them. I liked Linkin Park's first two albums. After that, they kind of sold out to me. After uh, Minutes to Midnight, it's when they fell off. I, <laughs> I would say after Meteora, but... <laughs> um, uh, you know, I liked certain songs from Papa Roach. Uh, you know, you mentioned. I forgot about them. They're yeah, fucking yeah. Papa cool. Roach is great. They have a few good songs. Um, you know, you can't talk about the 2000s and not talk about Creed. Um, them. Let's see who else. Saliva. I absolutely love Saliva. And a lot of the stuff for me, like with Saliva specifically, it's like if Click Click Boom or Your Disease was in a film. If there, you know, that's how I found a lot of the music that I liked in the 2000s is hearing it in TV shows or, um, or movies. That's how I found Disturbed. They, uh, Stupefy was on the then uh, the WWE series or WWF series at the time, Tough Enough. Uh, Stupefy was on the original Tough Enough show. Uh, so that's how I found found, found Disturbed. Uh, I think stayed... I found them through Dragon Ball Z, actually. Wow. Yeah, because I think they were in one of the movies uh, because when Funimation was doing the dubs for them, they'd show them on YTV in Canada. And for some reason, I think I remember a Disturbed song. I know there was some Finger Eleven stuff. Mm -hmm. And I want to say Disturbed was there, too. That and uh, the Richard Cheese cover of Down With The the Sickness is how (laughs) I found Disturbed. Awesome. Yeah, Finger Eleven's another one. I I absolutely... I, I found them when they got to their third album, stuff like One Thing when that came out, uh, Stay in Shadow, Other Light, and then ever since then, like with Paralyzer, and even the newer album that came out a couple of years ago, um, Life Turns Electric, they're just an amazing, amazing band. Um, Twelve Stones was another one. Now, a lot of people call them a Christian band. I just see them as a rock band. Um... I actually knew the drummer at the time, uh, Aaron Gaynor. Uh, he was a DJ at the at the radio station in Mississippi at the time. Uh, so I actually got to hang out with them at a concert here in Louisville in 2003. I got to hang out with them and Theory of a Dead Man. Uh, it was actually Theory of a Dead Man, 12 Stones were opening for Three Doors Down. Both Theory of a Dead Man and 12 Stones had, you know, autograph signings before the show. Three Doors Down just went in, played, and left. They didn't even do anything for their fans that night. Uh, So that kind of pissed me off about them. Plus, Loser was overplayed on the radio so much. Loser and Kryptonite, oh my god. Um, But yeah, you know, and of course I still listen to like Hall & Oates and stuff like that from the 80s. Um, I wasn't really into pop in the early 2000s at all. See, some of the pop music I really like. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a big fan of boy bands. I think some of them had some wonderful harmonies, and just some mm-hmm. of that music was goddamn catchy. Yeah. Um, although I think it's they're starting to come back now. I mean, we saw the, the beginning of the resurgence with the Jonas Brothers, but now they're all 30, married, and who gives a shit? But there yeah. was a show on Nickelodeon uh, not too recently where they, they did a tour with the movie and it's done tremendously well. So I Big like time rush. Yeah. yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Like I'm, 
I, I don't mind boy bands. I really don't. Um, I started with boy <laughs> bands with New Kids on the Block. Same here. I had you know <laughs> tape for that. I remember putting that into my Teddy Rucks bin and having him watching go hanging tough. Oh, <laughs> hanging tough. Oh yeah, totally, totally love that shit. I also got into dance music and some of the stuff in the two thousands. Um, most, I mean, most notably, Dead Mouse. Turns out I went to school with Dead Mouse's brother. I had no idea that the kid I was sitting next to had his brother as this multi-platinum selling electronica artist. Maybe I would have been nicer to the kid. But then again, I don't I don't really know him, so I guess we just didn't run in the same circles. And not that I'm a fame slut, but it would have been nice to have that hookup. You are uh, nowadays. Oh, but God, yeah. Not then. Oh, <laughs> right in my famey butthole. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think music in certain things has really evolved. I think in certain ways it's really dropped. In the 2000s, if anything, uh, the new rock scene, mm. it's probably the one I have the most problems with. Now, like you, Mike, I'm a fan of Nickelback to a point. You <laughs> like everything. I don't. And here is my theory behind that. I think after Spider-Man, and I think after they hit really big with How You Remind Me, now they already had one album out before Spider-Man, or sorry, they had two albums out before Spider-Man hit, and they and that was, I think, what was the first album called? The very, okay. The, the Road or had, Long Road or whatever? No, well, no, 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 Long Road came afterwards. Hesher was like a seven-track EP that they did that was self-produced, they had Curb, which was also self-produced. And then where they really hit it big was with Breathe and Leader of Men, which is off The State. The State was their first, quote-unquote, Make Me Famous album. I think that's the one that I heard. Right, The State, and then came Silver Side Up, which has How You Remind Me and all that stuff. After that came The Long Road and and then uh, All the Right Reasons and, and Dark Horse and all that other good stuff. Yeah, I mean, after I think... After The Long Road, which was their third album, I think they really started to pander to the radio crowd. And I think that's where a lot of new rock bands went wrong. Because in the early 2000s, I'd say from 2002 to 2006, that four-year period, I can. there are so many bands that came out that sounded the exact same. Three Days Grace, I like them. I really do. And I feel bad for saying that. Theory of a Dead Man. Nickelback, Dowtry. Um, I know I'm missing a few here. Puddle of Mud, but they were around yeah. earlier than that. But they all shared a very similar sound. And I think that is Nickelback, I think, cracked the code, very Da Vinci Code-esque, of, hey, this makes us radio-friendly, and we can still maintain our edge as hard, fucking cool people, but we can still sell records. Soccer moms think we're cool, we're edgy. Let's do this. And the music sounded the same. And my big problem with it is I don't like how, like I said, it sounds the same. There was my friend Pierce in college showed me something very funny. And it was a YouTube video where they took Nickelback and Theory of a Dead Man lyrics and chords, right? And cut, yeah. the, and cut the tracks up so they had them separate. And you could replace Nickelback lyrics on top of a Theory of a Dead Man song and it worked. And vice versa which means they were very similar artistically. And I'm thinking, okay, that's bullshit. I did not like that. And yet I'm a fan of mashups. But that's matching beats per minute, not necessarily this, in my opinion. Right, and, right. And the, and, and the other thing that happens with Nickelback specifically is that there's people that will take, I think it's How You Remind Me, 
and someday how you remind me will be on the left speaker someday will be on the right speaker and it sounds exactly the same the thing of it is for me and and, and again we are going to do art specific artist spotlights on nickelback and theory of a dead man later in the in the uh, in the music spotlight the thing about it is is for me if the song is catchy and i like it that's fine for me i don't pay so much attention to hey this song sounds like this i guess um, I, I, I guess my thing is, is, is like I said, after going to school for radio, mm. you start to notice these things when you're building a playlist. And it just bothered me how frequently these songs were coming up. Now, going back to how you were so sick of how you remind me, I remember my local radio stations, even my adult contemporary station. <laughs> so think your goddamn John Tesh-esque music was playing this. Or, or basically a lot of singles off of Silver Side Up. And then when, and then when The Long Road came out, I'm pretty sure Photograph was on that. I'm pretty sure that was a single. No, Photograph was on uh, All the Right Reasons, 2005. Okay. I remember that having the crap played out of it. Yeah, Photograph I, got way overplay. Oh, my God. There was going to be blood in the streets at some point if I heard that song one more damn time. That and sure. Evanescence since My Immortal, too. <laughs> oh, God, yes. That's uh, one song. Whenever there's a problem in my life, guaranteed that song is playing somewhere. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> for The Long Road, they had Someday was a single. Uh, Figured You Out was a single. Feeling Weight. Uh, not, 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 um, oh, what's the other song? Um... God, now I have to look it up. Uh, I think it's... I want to say feeling way too damn good, but I know that's not correct because it's that's kind of like a Garth Brooks feeling way too damn good to be this old. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, like I said, my problem with New Rock is it all started to sound the same. It all started to blend together, and it seemed like the bands were... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More concerned about gaining notoriety and mm. appearing in the media than actually practicing their craft. And like I said, I think you could probably make arguments against other bands that I like did the exact same thing, though I haven't ever heard CKY on radio outside of maybe 96 Quite Bitter Beings and maybe their single from the Jackass 3 soundtrack, uh, Afterworld. But um, there was just something about that. And I guess Rise Against was coming into their own at that time. They had some radio play. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's just these really super popular bands I developed a thing against because I'm like, I hear you everywhere. I don't think you're the same. It seems to me when bands got big in the 80s and 90s, if they did something in the media, it meant something like like seeing the guys from Pearl Jam, like Eddie Vedder doing an interview or Kurt 
Cobain. I still don't much care for his music, but I like the man. Um, and, you know, it seemed like it, it meant something. When Chad Kroger does an, an interview, who gives a shit? Um, that's, it just it bothers me that rock music doesn't seem to mean the same like it used to. And I think a lot of these new bands, and I, I'm waiting for the guys from Theory of a Dead Man to come kick my ass now. Um, it's just, it feels like something has changed, fundamentally changed from the way it used to be. But then again, music is a constantly ev evolving creature. So I guess I can't blame them for wanting to attract more attention to themselves. I just wonder if the music suffered. The thing about Theory of a Dead Man specifically, and, I, and I've said this before on Twitter and Facebook, Outside of maybe three songs, and it's not because I dislike those three songs, it's just that I'm not, it's just songs that I don't listen to, I can listen to their entire catalog. Um, because the when I listen to music, especially the rock music of, 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 this, of this era, I, you know, listen for what story is the song telling. You can take um, Three of Dead Man's Not Meant to Be. And that's essentially about a relationship that two people probably should have never been in. Um, you know, you can take uh, one of their new singles off the new album, uh, Out of My Head, and that's essentially about, you know, a broken up relationship as far as, you know, when I was with you, I was must have been out of my head. Um, you know, so I look for more so the stories versus how a song really sounds. Um, in Theory of a Dead Man, yes, they do sound similar to Nickelback, uh, but I also see the differences in them as well. I don't know. Like I said, I, I guess it comes from having my ear used to being sitting in right, sitting in the booth at Niagara College and figuring what I wanted to play during my shift or what was a, or what was assigned to me. But yeah. at, at at the same time, I will say Chad Kroger's label did discover one very underappreciated band, Marianas Trench. I yeah. highly recommend you check those guys out. They got a wonderful sound. And they're Canadian, so check them out. They do not suck. <laughs> Moving on over to new metal. Um, I would assume that stuff like Stained and probably Corn fit into this. Stained, uh, yeah. Stained would fit System of a Down, mm -hmm. uh, Linkin Park. Um, I guess Disturbed would also fit in here as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, there was another band I was going to mention, but they've totally slipped off my tongue, so I guess they weren't that important. Um, I really like this genre of music. I think this is what got me into a lot more metal. Mind you, one sound of metal I can't stand, and you can flame me all you want for this, I fucking hate Cradle of Filth. Any music where it sounds like the guy is deep-throating a microphone going, Whoa! <laughs> That's not music. That's called vomiting. You should probably stop doing that. It's going to damage the equipment. Um, it's just, <laughs> it sounds like shit. Now, admittedly, there is some good vomit music out there because there are some wonderfully talented guitarists. I don't, I, I mean, there's some great speed metal groups, uh, Dragon Force being one of them. Mm. Um, or Dream Theater. But anyway, um, yeah, I really like this genre of music. I mean, when Limp Biscuit started doing stuff like this, Oh, I mean, I still like some of their stuff. I legitimately liked their their entire album of the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Yeah. I think is the strongest album they've ever done. Without a doubt, there are very few songs on that album I skip. 
mind you, this was just before I think Mission Impossible 2 came out. Yes, it was. So, and and I sense. am actually a fan of the version of the Mission Impossible theme that Fred Durst did for that movie. Oh, fuck yeah. That's a wonderful S- track. Simply because of the fact that it was so different from what Larry Mullen did with the MI1 theme. Because Larry Mullen from uh, Larry Mullen and, and Adam Clayton from U2 did the theme for the first film. And it was... Uh, Take a Look Around was so much different from the first film, and I absolutely loved it. Absolutely. Like, I'll say the first Mission Impossible theme. It was good. It was cool, but it wasn't very inspired. It was classic. I mean, well, well, that was the point, though. I mean, it was, you know, that movie was just coming out. It was reinvigorating that franchise. You had to have, even though it's a very U2-esque version, you had to have still that classic theme, and that's what that portrayed. Um, Whereas Take a Look Around basically slowed it down added lyrics and was just a really, really awesome song for that film. Yeah. I mean, when Fred Durst did that version of take a look around, it's a fun music video too. Mm. And that's another thing too. I think the two thousands, the music video industry is pretty much dead. Um, in my opinion, because MTV doesn't play music or doesn't play music videos anymore. At least they do. It's exceptionally rare. It's all 16 and pregnant now, but anyway, um, or teen moms or, or teen moms who have growths on their heads or something. I don't know. Something stupid. Um, uh, and I don't know, just, I don't, I think they took an, a nosedive after hot dog flavored water. Cause there was the sex scandal with Fred Durst. Honestly, he got his wang sucked. Who cares? Um, and I don't know, just the music changed. Fred Durst became this larger than life weirdo. And yeah. now he's coming back. I hope the comeback tour is very successful for these guys. Cause I would love them to go back to do some great music. Like I said, you think of them what you will, but there are some damn catchy tunes in there. Um, oh, yeah. one group that I think I started off in the late nineties and progressed to get amazing. And then the guy had a brain fart, and I guess he decided, I want to make something else. Chester Bennington and Linkin Park. Wonderful group. Hybrid Theory, fantastic album. Not one song I skip. Meteora, fantastic album. Reanimation, took a bit of a risk, but not bad. Jay-Z and Linkin Park, friggin' one of the best collaborations I have ever heard. And it wasn't derivative. And then... Minutes to Midnight came out. And this links more specifically with the Transformers movie because everybody associates what I've done with Optimus Prime. In fact, I can't hear that song without hearing to all the Autobots amongst the stars. We are here, blah, blah, blah. And Linkin Park became associated with the Transformers franchise, which is pretty cool. But then their music started getting more and more soft. I mean, the first half of Minutes to Midnight is awesome. Like, I think up the track six or seven. It's great. After that, what did you put in Chester's coffee yeah, or, really? or did Mike Shinoda just get left behind at a, at, at a Greyhound bus stop and you just kept going? Um, Cause I really wonder what happened to the sound of these guys. Their new album thousand sons is fucking terrible. Like Lincoln park has, I think lost its way. Now I, like I said previously, every band has to evolve. Every band's sound must change. And I could see why Chester maybe doesn't want to do the screaming rock. And I know I said earlier, I don't, I'm not a big fan of screaming rock, but with Lincoln park, it works. It legitimately works within it. And when they developed their more radio friendly sound with minutes to midnight, it was okay. I mean, you had, you mean you still had great songs like, um, bleed it out which is a wonderfully fast rap and you have everything else and it, it worked, but the rest of the album just got soft. And when you hear the, the new songs for revenge of the fallen and the one for dark, dark of the moon, 
what the hell is this? This isn't Lincoln Park. This is if if a soccer mom was in charge of the production, or if some new age hipster was in charge of it, the music lost its way. And new metal, I think, more so than than any other genre, or, or at least recently of music, has to keep reinventing itself. Does it so it doesn't get get stale. Uh, Disturbed is a wonderful example of this. When they started covering, um, when they covered. Uh, the Phil Collins, yeah, no, Shout and the Phil Collins song, Land of Confusion. Land of Confusion. That was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great that they would throw back to the 80s to get some new stuff. And the sound with them has constantly evolved, yeah. I think. And their their last single from a couple of years ago, uh, Into the Fire and Invincible, I think it was. I remember playing these in Guitar Hero and Rock Band and having just a wonderful time playing along with them. And I think. That's where maybe I approach why I think the sound has changed. Because when you play the music, it sounds, it feels different than playing, um, say, Stupefy or something like that. When you play that on the guitar, it's it feels different than when you play Into the Fire. It feels more aggressive. And I think that's what I liked about it, too. Um, other bands... I, I, I will say about Disturbed that um, in their 2010 album, Asylum, is an amazing, amazing album. And they did a cover on that that I was not expecting whatsoever. Because it starts out um it starts off uh after like track twelve. Track thirteen is the um is the cover. And it starts off dead silence. And I thought, wait, is the album over? What's going on here? And then you hear a disturbed version of U2's I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And it's not the it it's not what you expect about it. It's probably my least favorite disturbed cover, but it's one I still love listening to because it takes the U2 sound and it puts the disturbed flair on it. And it's so, so awesome. But it just, at first, it was like, wait, what? what is going on here? Um, with their other covers, absolutely love them. Uh, their sound has evolved since the Sickness album. But you still hear David Draymond's, you know, screaming. You still hear his his tones that he used on like down with the sickness and, and stupefy and all that. And I love that they stay true to that, but they can still evolve as well. And that's, what's so great about them. Yeah. Like I said, new metal, I think gets a lot of praise from me. Cause I think they've done some wonderful work. And I think a lot of the bands that are still around now, they realize we have to keep our sound moving. We have to continue to grow as artists. And I hope these bands will be around for many years. I'd love to see a Metallica rise out of these guys and be around for years and years and years. So hopefully we'll have new disturbed and new content from these guys. And hopefully Lincoln park will eventually find their way again. Um, but what are you going to say? Say, I, I guess we should talk about pop music. Yeah. The final topic for this part of the music spotlight, the, the, this episode is, uh, the fact that the two th- in the 2000s, pop music essentially took over. Um, not just with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. They were kind of on the way out. Britney Spears was kind of still around. Christina Aguilera is still around. But just all of like the new acts and all the top 40 stuff that has just 
popped into the world of music in the 2000s is like, oh my God, some of this stuff, what the hell? See, my thing is now for me to remember any pop bands to come out now, Mike, give me some examples of pop bands for right now. Um, oh boy, great. Kelly, I mean, maybe you could consider some of the American Idol winners like Kelly yeah, Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson, um, the gay would... kid, what's his name? Uh, Clay Aiken or whatever. Clay Aiken, uh, there was a band late 90s, early 2000 that was produced by Simon Cowell called Westlife. They're from Ireland. I love them. They're, they, they had a great first album. I don't know if they, I don't have the information in front of me. I don't know if they ever made another album after their first one. Um, you know, uh, oh God, I'm trying to think what are other examples of, of pop stuff that happened and see i think you're making my point they all sound yeah. the same it's well okay well yeah uh, i'm just trying to i'm just trying to remember like i know 98 degrees was still going and i maintain to this day 98 degrees came out and got popular before the craze of the boy band really hit and i don't consider 98 degrees a boy band because they have those harmonies you were talking about earlier they they're more of like pop they're, soul you know i would, I would call them a boy band simply because that was one of blair's first concerts was 98 <laughs> degrees along with the backstreet boys step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, they were the opening act. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the pop music, I think I think a lot of it, it just was catchy noise. And yeah. I don't know. There's just something about a lot of it I just don't give a shit about. I mean, it's not something I specifically would listen to. I mean, it came up in our radio station's playlist because we'd have to play some of it. I mean, I was uh, for 98.1, Niagara's New Rock. Uh, you'd have to play something that was a little bit lighter sometimes. And some of it was okay. I mean, I remember stuff like, uh, I guess you wouldn't call Muse or Feist anything like this. But uh, just, you know, just very s slower stuff or stuff that you could easily play on any top 40 station or something you could play on anything called hot AC, which is hot, uh, adult contemporary adult stuff. Contemporary, yeah. And it's not necessarily bad music. It's just, it's not stuff the young people really connect with, but it's stuff that's very fluffy. I consider, I mean, there was one girl um, I dated years ago and she was in love with all this with a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, with a lot of the female pop sensations. And I can't remember who did this song. It was called Tattoo. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you're on my heart just like a tattoo. I'll never forget you. I don't know. It, it was gay. Um, and I mean that in the most non-derogatory manner possible. <laughs> um, I just, I, I mean, it was so overproduced. You don't care. Yeah. And then there was a musician, which has come out recently, and I'm just going to fire this out there. I hate Lady Gaga. Okay, that, we'll, 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 we'll get into that. We'll, well get into that well, a little bit. Well, you have to admit, she is a pop sensation. She is, sadly. And the, and the early music she did 
I mean, she's been around since the 90s. She did stuff at Lilith Fair, and no one cared. Yeah. Dress in a meat dress, people will pay attention to that. <laughs> um, man, I should have talked about Marilyn Manson, but then again, hey, who remembers the last thing he did? Uh, exactly. Moving on. Um, and, you know, you got really popular poppy stuff like Bad Romance and Poker Face. And a lot of that shit is really catchy. I think she's probably one of the more successful pop acts that come out recently. And even when Britney Spears came out swinging in the last couple of years, yeah. that pop music. Like, I think a lot of the big female sensations make wonderful stuff, like wonderful poppy, catchy music. But like I said, the, we're, we're, we're going to hit on this more later talking about when they take a back seat to their music. In fact, she's openly said in the last few weeks, I'm not giving any more interviews. I want to focus on my art. First off, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you shut the hell up so you can actually make music because legitimately you are an artist. You are talented, but I really wish you'd shut up. Um, but other, anyway. other pop acts I can think of off the top of my head, uh, people like John Mayer, Sheryl Crow. Michael Bublé. Bublé, yeah. I I don't know if I would call him pop, but I guess he could be considered top 40. People like um, him. Uh, People re- people might remember this song. I think this is the only famous song this guy ever had. A guy named Sean Mullins had the song Lullaby. Oh, yeah. But wasn't that late 90s, though? Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Edwin McCain yep. had stuff in the 90s, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, oh, God. Uh, I guess you could kind of say Maroon 5 and Jason Mraz. I mean, Jason Mraz is one artist. But Maroon 5 is probably, they're not a boy band, but they're not a rock band at the same time. They're just a pop band, I would say. What about Coldplay? Where where would you fit them in here? Coldplay and Yellow Card specifically, they kind of, they're not the same, but I always heard those. Easy rock, maybe? Yeah, yeah not really easy listening, but maybe, it's not top 40. I would say it's overall general pop, I mean, just gen- the generality of pop music. Um, I mean, and that being said, Coldplay did have some good songs. I mean, although I, I hate the song yellow with a flaming passion of a thousand (laughs) suns, but I don't mind speed of sound and I don't mind some of their other stuff. I mean, all things, I think they do get a bad rap, but if I had to pick between listening to Maroon five and, um, uh, Coldplay, I definitely go Coldplay Maroon five. I feel is so soulless. See, now I have I'm gonna have to go back over the next couple months and and check out stuff after the songs about Jane album because that's all I've really ever heard is like harder to breathe and uh, tangled and uh, she will be loved. I've only ever heard their very first album um, and harder to breathe that song uh, that got major radio airplay. Oh yeah. That song was everywhere. She Will Be Loved was everywhere. Um, oh, was that the stupid song where she will yes. be loved? Oh, God, I hated yes. that song. <laughs> oh, my God. That um, song was like audio torture. <laughs> uh, Jason Mraz was an art- is an artist that he had uh, the remedy why uh, I-, I won't worry. Um, he's done other stuff as well. I really found, and again, I found it through... Um, through through movies of all places, I found an artist named John Gregory. Uh, he had a song, uh, "Ride of Your Life." 
Uh, he was really, really interesting, or still is. I, I don't know if he's put anything else out since then. Again, I'm not reading any information or anything like that. But I, don't, I just I prefer at this point, as I said before, bands that I've been listening to for ten plus years. I I'm not into the pop scene anymore whatsoever, unless it's like '80s pop or '90s pop. Um, but it's just taken over. And, and, and as Mike said, we're going to get into, um, uh, bitch burr and gag me later. So, uh, do you have anything else to say before we go to another musical interlude? I don't think the music, the, the pop music of the two thousands is necessarily bad. I'm just saying it. I don't think it has the heart that the nineties and the, and, and the eighties had, I think right. then it was more about artistic expression. But then again, somebody said this to me on Twitter this past week, everybody from every generation always says the music from theirs was the best. And I wonder if I'm looking at this through rose colored glasses, because there might be some legitimately really good pop acts out there. I mean, I don't, mind some Michael Buble stuff. I don't mind necessarily some of the Lady Gaga stuff. And sadly, Justin Bieber's got some catchy shit. Um, It's just, I think I view artists in the 80s as trying a little bit harder. And I guess maybe I enjoy the synth sound a little bit more than I do the overproduced sound of now. So, I don't know. That's what I say. I, I, I don't think music today necessarily sucks, but it feels like something's been sucked out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you take someone like our friend David Double D Dennis, who grew up in the '90s, and he absolutely loves '60s and '70s music. So, yeah, that wasn't even decades he was born in. So, yeah, like <laughs> Dave is my go-to guy for if I want to learn more about music or a sound. I talk to him or I talk to Pierce. Yeah. So we're gonna take a quick musical interlude, and then we're gonna come back with the rest of the show. We'll be back after this. back here on Geekcaster Radio's Music Spotlight for the 2000s. Now, the next four topics are going to be very controversial. We are probably going to say stuff that people are not going to agree with. You can either comment on the Geekcast Radio website, you can send hate mail to Mike at thisweekingeek.net, or tf2andmike at gmail.com. Or, first... or, if you want to, you can send me anthrax if you really disagree. I don't think it would make it over the Canadian border, but then again, the Canadian border is so lax to let anybody in up there. Um, <laughs> they confiscated my laser. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. Okay. Uh, the first thing that we're going to tackle is the rise of the music reality TV show. Now, 
I only ever really paid attention to and watched the very first season of American Idol because, number one, Kelly Clarkson is hot, and she had a great voice. She still has a great voice. And she's still hot. And she has. <laughs> um, since then, I've found artists that have come out of American Idol that I like, like Daughtry, like Carrie Underwood. Um, I'm sure there are others. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. But I absolutely cannot stand American Idol. Essentially, if new acts want to get discovered, you don't hit the pavement anymore trying to get an agent or trying to, uh, you know, actually go through it the old-fashioned way of getting into the music business. You find American Idol. You, If you're or, good, you'll get on the show. Or alternatively, you pull a Rebecca Black... You spend, oh God. you spend a little bit of money and you get famous on YouTube, whether you're talented or not. Oh, my God. There are so many ways to get d- discovered now. You can probably yeah. produce yourself. I mean, all you really need is a really high-end studio and a little bit of luck. Yeah. But uh, we'll talk about big getting discovered a little bit later on. But, yeah, yeah I mean, American Idol, I, that's a show I'm surprised that's still going because I think there's a superior version of it. The Voice. The Voice. I found The Voice this year. Same here. It's in its second season. I did not watch it last year. I absolutely love The Voice. It's a damn good show, and I'm surprised I have so many good celebrity judges, although although I think CeeLo's the fucking bomb. Love that guy. (laughs) Big, fat fat black guy with a white cat. That's that's what I want to be when I grow up. Um, Yeah, it's... Uh, (laughs) <laughs> the show finds better talent than American Idol, and it gives them, I think, more freedom to express what they can do best. Plus, they're not assholes like Simon Cowell. I think American Idol was built on the back of being a dick. It, well, it, it, exactly. I mean, you know, in the first year, essentially, Ryan Seacrest was the better host, and Brian Dunkelman faded into obscurity. Um, there was another host before Seacrest? The first year, it was Seacrest and it was two hosts, Seacrest and Brian Dunkelman. Man, I had no fucking clue. Uh, <laughs> that guy dead? Um, I don't think so. But, uh, you know, after the first year, Brian Dunkelman essentially just faded into obscurity. Um, and, the, and the thing of it is, though, Seacrest and, and all this American Idol stuff, when Simon was still on the show, I've always hated Simon Cowell. I just can't stand that guy. I'm sure he's an absolutely nice, maybe not nice guy, but I'm sure he knows what the hell he's doing as far as being able to find talent. The problem I have with American Idol with their long audition process, as far as like going to all these cities and showing every single bad audition is bad auditions get popularity. Like, um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Oh God. William hung. With uh, She Bangs and all that, you know, the Ricky Martin shit and all that stuff. And it's like, really? And and the thing with the voices, I'm sure they see bad auditions, but they don't show them on television. They, they are much more cordial to the people that they re- essentially reject. Um, and it's about finding a voice. Now, while I don't agree with a lot of their choices sometimes... Um, as far as winners and stuff for battle rounds, but 
It's just a much more laid-back, drama-free show, and essentially it basically brought Carson Daly back into the limelight. Because after TRL and Last Call with Carson, TRL essentially launched Carson Daly's career, and then he went to Last Call with Carson Larson. Jesus Christ. No, Liam's not here. Um, (laughs) And the fact that he got the bang Tara Reid. Yeah. That's why he's famous uh, to me. And there's that too. Um, but essentially he's a more toned down host in that. And he's more supportive than Seacrest is. He's not an asshole. Exactly. I mean, I think that's the big thing when you go into these music competitions. I mean, you're putting yourself right. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right out on stage. Yeah. And you're fighting for what may be a life-changing opportunity. You don't need some guy going, well, I think you suck. I think you should go back to karaoke bars. In fact, you should never sing again. In fact, here's a gun. Kill yourself. I got one bullet in there, so make sure you can't fuck that up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's what Cowell is to me. As entertaining as assholes may be, I can imagine some people walking away with some small psychological issues. Um, So I'd much rather have Carson Daly say, you know what? You didn't win. But hey, keep on fighting for your dream. I think that's exactly, And that's the point of The Voice. Because even the people that they've sent home or the people that they've turned away in the beginning, they said, hey, you know, you have a great sound. It's a little pitchy, but you can work on it and whatever else. What I found really strange was the battle between uh, Ray Lynn and, um, oh God, what's um, Adelaide Stump or Adley Stump. Um, Adley Stump actually has already had music. I actually searched her on iTunes. She already had music out before she was on The Voice. So I think the thing with The Voices, uh, specifically like Jermaine Paul, he was a, a background dancer or backup singer to Alicia Keys. They're not necessarily trying to find brand new talent. They're trying to find the one voice, the one person that they can market versus American Idol is, let's find a bunch of new talent. Yeah. And I, I, I don't disagree with you there. Now, there have been some other musically-based shows that I think are pretty kick-ass. I mean, um, America's Got Talent, while not always singing, yes, does have some pretty cool stuff. I love there used to be, I don't think it's around anymore, I, I, I don't know. America's Next Great Dance Crew or some shit like that. I don't think that's still around. That show was fucking awesome, though. You <laughs> saw people that were basically ninjas jumping around the cool music. <laughs> um, that was neat, I really thought. I'm trying to think of other musical the, reality there shows. There is the sing-off. NBC had the sing-off at one point, I think. Never uh, heard of it. I've, I've, I've heard of it only because Optimus Solo had, had watched it and mentioned it to me. I, I had never watched it. Uh, NBC's new thing is essentially trying to compete with Fox's Glee, which is Smash. Um, yeah, no, that's another show. I'm surprised it's so well. Glee, although Glee in its first season was magic. Glee <laughs> in its second season, not so much. 
technically in its third season, I'm the man behind the curtain. Here's some drama. Um, it's kind of lame now. I mean, all the heart's been ripped out of that show. But I thank Glee for reinvigorating people's interest in performing. I mean, it wasn't just American Idol causing people to go up and get these things. Right. And, I, and I guess you could kind of tie this into it as well. The rise of music video games like Guitar Hero, Rock Band. I mean, Guitar Hero first came out in 2004. I think 2000, maybe 2005. Um, and then it got really popular when Rock Band hit that winter where you could play all four instruments and sing along and everything. And it was better than Karaoke Revolution, which it's voice detection algorithms. Me and Pierce beat that game on Expert just by humming. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was retarded. And then I spent a lot of money I really regret now on buying Karaoke Revolution tracks. Because you look at Rock Band got real licensed music. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these things for people coming out and learning how to sing. I mean, I love singing now when I get a chance whenever I, I play rock band because I used like one year I spent $800 on DLC. Don't regret a cent of it. Well, except for the Grateful Dead pack. I don't play that. Um, <laughs> it just, I, it's not my type of music. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so many cool things have come out to get people interested in the music industry again, thinking, hey, man, if you try, you can do this too. And I think that's the wonderful thing about music coming out so much larger than life now like i said you can blame glee for terrible tv tropes now but you have to admit it did start some really good stuff in other ways yeah um i you know just kind of going full circle back on around to american idol i don't watch the show but i like that they've gotten two additional judges that are just as well as Paula Abdul was, uh, you know, you've got Steven Tyler and Jennifer Lopez in there with Randy Jackson. So that's kind of awesome that they actually have other, like essentially Randy Jackson, Paula, not Paula, uh, Randy Jackson, Jennifer Lopez and Steven Tyler are all performers. Uh, Randy Jackson had a, a few times played with journey. Well, um, you knew Apollo Abdul was a singer, right? Right. No, okay. no. Of course, I knew. I I knew that. Yes, but I mean, it's one of those things where Simon Cowell is a music producer. He's not a performer, and I prefer my my <laughs> judges to be on the performance side. Yes, the production crew can have an ear for, you know, good sound, bad sound, horrible William Hung version sound and all that. But I just prefer the judges to be the actual performers versus the production people. I don't mind having three performers and one person from the production side. That makes sense to me. As long as they're a well-respected producer who's yeah. done larger things than some fucking boy band I've never heard of. Um, no. I'd much rather them get you know someone who's produced, hey, here's a guy who produced Michael Jackson. Here's a guy who produced, um, I don't know, Aerosmith or something. You know, people who know how to get the sound out of their musicians. I don't exactly. know. But then again, at the same time, having a boring, bespectacled white guy isn't going to bring in viewers. Having a crass British asshole is going to bring someone in. <laughs> Man, they should get Gordon Ramsay from, oh from Hell's Kitchen Hell's for no Kitchen. other reason than the fact that he could tear people down. Oh, God. I think that was... But again, I think that's where the voice excels over American Idol because there's a way to 
essentially give constructive criticism versus downright insulting people. And that's one of the reasons why I hated Simon Cowell on American Idol was because he downright insulted people. And that's just not right. I mean, if you're bad, tell them you're bad. Don't just sit there and say, I would rather listen to a goat hum or, you know, whatever the hell Simon would say. Um, And essentially when Simon was still on there, American Idol to me was soap opera with, with musical competition in the background because you had all the drama between Simon, Paula, and Ryan and all all that bullshit that just doesn't need to be in a singing competition television show. Um, but anyway, uh, before we get to the next topic, I want to give out a disclaimer here. We at This Week in Geek and GeekCast Radio, as this is a Geek GeekCast Radio show, um, fully support anyone's cause. However, this next topic might be a little controversial, where it's music taking a backseat to charity and causes. We absolutely love the fact that anyone has charities for any organizations that are legitimate, but this is one of those topics that I think you wanted to bring this up where the music is essentially people are becoming artists to promote their causes and charities versus actually performing music. Yeah. I I mean, there are some artists that have done some wonderful work and still do performing like system of a down rise against anti-flag. A lot of the punk bands do great work. I mean, rise against does wicked work for PETA. <clears throat> as yeah. think of them what you will, but at least the band does some cool stuff. The people I've got a main problem with is Lady Gaga, and let me set the record straight. What she's done for the gay, lesbian, and transgendered community is beyond words. The fact that she's gotten the attention of Oprah and all these other big organizations to help gay kids that are bullied, to help them fit in, or to do whatever they need to to survive. Basically, I think we are becoming a more tolerant world bit by bit, and artists like Lady Gaga helps because she does have the star power of basically a supernova. She, she could say, hey, everybody, tomorrow I want you to go to Walmart and buy Pop-Tarts, and people would do it. Um, yeah. But the problem I have is, and I, I, she's now done what I didn't think she was going to do. She's like, okay, guys, I'm not giving any more interviews. Here's my music. Cool. See you later. She, that's awesome. But my problem is, for the last two years, she was friggin' everywhere, and it just seemed like the music was taking a back seat. Let me... I'm pretty sure there were a couple of singles released, but that's the thing. I'm not sure. And with an artist that big, I should know this. It should just become common knowledge. And that's how much media personalities and musicians have have penetrated the popular culture. Even me, who's not very involved in the music industry, or at least am in a very fringe way, um, I should know these things. It should just be automatic. Like, oh yeah, Poker Face and Bad Romance. Those are the only two songs I can name off the top of my head. And I'm pretty sure that was from the first album. I know she did something for her new album, but I couldn't name one track of it. And it's just because I know I see her talking to me on everything, like Twitter, Oprah, um, CNN, whatever. Hey, I'm wearing a meat dress. Or, you know, it was more about the antics and the public relations image than, than anything else. Um, now, I can't give this kid crap necessarily because he's probably not managing his own career. Justin Bieber. Hold on one second, because I got to say something about Lady Gaga. Uh, in preparation for this episode, I was not going to buy any of her music, but iTunes, uh, along with a m- bunch of other websites and stuff, allows you to hear samples. So 
I before the show I just listened to iTunes previews of six Lady Gaga songs for uh, tonight: Paparazzi, Just Dance, You and I, Poker Face, and Edge of Glory. Just My Dance bra- is really catchy. I'll say that. Yeah, my brain is now broken. Lady Gaga is a quote-unquote artist that crosses between pop, auto-tune out the ass, and country. What the hell is the music industry coming to? Where the hell are you getting the country from? This uh, this is news to me. You and I, if you go to iTunes, you and I, uh, it sounds like a very country song to me. There is one thing she did, and I think it was for guitar, uh, not guitar here, uh, for DJ Hero 2. Mm-hmm. I think there's a Dead Mouse remix of Just Dance, and I think it's pretty badass. If I don't, <laughs> if I, if I remember it correctly, she also released songs for Rock Band, yeah. uh, and there's a Weird Al um, uh, cover of instead of Born This Way, it's called Perform This Way, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Which is pretty funny, but I don't know. I, I I think I think I was more mad at Gaga just because she went to Twitter and just wouldn't shut the hell up. <laughs> and I had all these friends. I mean, I've got a friend of mine. She's a pretty big fan of Lady Gaga. And just it would not stop Gaga. This Gaga that Gaga could have committed the atrocities of the Nazis and people would have forgiven her. <laughs> and that's what pissed me off. Like, this is a person. Yeah. You you guys realize people can have faults, right? Um, yeah. And it just it bothered me. And like I was saying about Bieber. I don't blame this kid because he's just that. He's a kid. He's not managing his own career yet. That I'm aware of. He probably has some input into it. But I have heard some of his music. In fact, ask Mike Mike Laidman sometime how much he enjoys Justin Bieber. You'll get an interesting story there. Um, And I just, this kid, he's not 20 yet. He has a life story and I can't remember what the hell it was called. Um, hold on. Maybe my wife knows. Blair, what was the name of the Justin Bieber movie? Oh, never again. Never say never, right? Never. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Never say never. Kid. I'm pretty sure. You've okay. All right. All right. Let me back this train up a few, a few kilometers. This kid has probably done more than I'm going to do in my life. Simply because he's been around the world. He's had hundreds of thousands of girls throwing themselves at him. Lucky son of a bitch. Um, and I just, when sometimes when you hear him talk in the media, mm. what the fuck are you talking about? Like, there was one thing. I can't remember specifically what it was, but I remember what it was about. He was talking about rape. Why in the hell am I listening to a 17-year-old kid who I'm pretty sure has never been raped, or has been, or has associated with someone who has been raped, talking about rape. It's like Lady Gaga trying to tell me why Call of Duty is not a first-person shooter. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about here? Like, okay, that's awesome. You may have an, you may have a knowledge of the subject. I'm willing to believe that, but I'm also willing to believe his PR person took a walk to the bathroom and they put a microphone in front of this kid and he just spews nonsense. This I kid think... is not a good interview. No, I think the. One thing I picked up on in one of his interviews was he said something about the Nazis. He said something about Germany. Yeah, there was something really stupid he said. I'm thinking, gee, why would yeah. you publish that? Why the would you say that? The thing about Bieber is how the hell did he land Selena Gomez? <laughs> well, you know what? It seems to be when you're hot in Hollywood, 
you automatically land with someone hot. I mean, look at it this way, Mike. If you and I were both single, well, you're single. Yeah. Um, the odds of us landing someone pretty, it's possible. But if we were in Hollywood, it's almost guaranteed. <laughs> and I, I mean, look at the amount of, I mean, I'm pretty sure Jonah Hill has laid some pretty hot, pretty hot girls. Mm. Or someone like Seth Rogen has bedded some pretty, some pretty hot women. So, and these are not Hollywood's A-list. These are not your George Clooney's. These are not your Brad Pitt's. Yeah. They're yeah. your average looking schlubs. Yeah. Um, the thing about Bieber, though, is like, okay, like the boy bands from the 90s and early 2000s. I get that. I understand that. You know, New Kids on the Block. Each one of those five guys has broken off and done his his own thing with his own career. Same thing with Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all that. 98 degrees. The thing with the solo artists that are popping up, like Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber, it's like, why? Kesha is a perfect example. Kesha with autotune sounds good. Kesha without autotune, the bitch can't sing to save her life. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, she's terrible. I, I mean, Gaga and Bieber are legitimately talented. And then you could yeah. go back further back and say Justin Timberlake, fantastically talented and Oddly enough, a really good actor. Um, yeah. Great, great people there. I mean, even Britney Spears, another wonderful singer. Even without auto-tune, she can legitimately sing. Yeah, Kesha, in my family, I'm not even kidding. My sister-in-law calls her a cum dumpster. <laughs> my sister-in-law. And it just it blows my mind to think that somehow this girl got a career. And then the sex pics showed up of her. And refer to my last statement, I was vindicated. Uh, <laughs> she is, it's true. It's sad, sad, but true. Um, just Google that shit. Um, but it's, she as a no talent artist and I've not heard any one interview out of her where she sounds coherent enough to form a sentence. Um, just terrible, terrible people. Now there are some good artists out there that give interviews, but the music takes a bit of a backseat. U2, for example, Bono, he does, I'm pretty sure he's involved in every charity known to man. If you start a charity, if you are a blip on someone's radar, oh man, let's give this, let's give this bloke a million dollars. Why? Because I'm Bono. Um, I'm pretty sure there was an episode of South Park that spoofed this. Um, (laughs) So that should tell you about how popular this guy is, but also how much good he does in the world, too. Um, but my main problem with a lot of artists is I want – I understand you have a voice. You have an opinion that matters. You have the eyes of the world upon you constantly. Yeah, yeah you should have some social responsibility. Yeah, you should encourage people to give, donate, volunteer their time, whatever. But I also feel as an artist, you should be con- contributing. If you want to take some time off to work on your church, to go on your sabbatical, go do it. If you think you can manage both at once, like Bono does, do it. I think if you take too much time from your press tours and you're constantly giving interviews but not in the studio, maybe it's time for you to take a step back. And I don't think that's an insulting thing to say. Because like I said, people like Gaga did some wonderful work. There's been some, there's been some real strides made uh, between her, Perez Hilton, and other big gay celebrities or bisexual or whatever to help the gay and lesbian and transgender communities. Right. But take a step back. If you want to go work on that, go do it. People will still listen to your to your music anyway. What I'm saying is have a focus. Pick yeah. one. You can do both. Yeah. But one, I think, inevitably will suffer. Yeah. Now, people might have noticed that have listened to the rest of the episodes that we've already published here on the Music Spotlight. 
We haven't focused on rap or country as much. Uh, I am not really a closet country fan, but I like a lot of the country from the 90s, like Garth Brooks, Reba McIntyre, all that stuff. Uh, country today, I just... There are certain songs here and there, like from Carrie Underwood, and uh, there's a couple of Miranda Lambert songs that I like, but I don't really listen to it. Rap, it rap and hip-hop specifically have to be... If it's something in a film that fits the film that I like the song, that's how I like it. I, I'm i a white kid from Massachusetts. I'm not into rap. <laughs> you know? Um, I'm a native kid from northern Ontario. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, rap, I, I think a lot of the new rap, some of it's fantastic. Like, I'm a big fan of the nerd core scene, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. I think some of the big artists have lost her, but you also see a lot of these rappers that just rap for no reason. And the ones I can think of off the top of my head, I don't know if this is still re relevant now because I haven't listened to them in a number of years. Fat Joe, Chameleon Air. Um, 50 Cent got better as time went on, actually, but... Although, admittedly, some of his track, gonna take you to the candy shop. He just, <laughs> he just sounds so, he sounds so bored. Well, I, um, think with, I think with 50 Cent and with Eminem, those two specifically, in the beginning of their career, they wanted to do the radio-friendly thing, like Real Slim Shady and Without Me and all that stuff that Eminem had in the beginning. And yet Eminem can do a song like Stan and have it really mean something and matter and then later in his career as he as he's progressed he is more so gone away from the real slim shady type of rap and has actually done music that means something for the rap genre instead of just doing you know well the real slim shady please stand up please you know See, instead I of doing that yeah, I think his career, he's a wonderful guy who can reinvent himself anytime he wants. He's one of the few oh, artists yeah. where he's like, you know what? I think my sound sucks. I'm going to change that. Um, yeah. And then when he did a collaboration with a group that he funded or I think founded or at least worked with D12. D12. Yeah. They're they're actually pretty good. I really like them, although I don't know whether they're also alive now. I think one of them's in jail, but I don't know. Um, Eminem. I think in the 90s, he was the most relevant that he's ever been. In the 2000s, it was up and down. And I haven't heard anything out of him that I really care. I remember he did a song a couple years ago that had Triumph the Comedy Dog in it. And <laughs> yeah. it was called Back That Ass Up or something stupid like that. And I'm thinking, wow, this is the same guy who did Stan, uh, uh, Haley's song. He's done some really soulful stuff. He's a really talented artist. He, is. I, he really needs to do more stuff. And I hear these raps, and there's a wonderful line out, out of, I think it's the Marshall Mathers EP, and he does all these little skits with this producer. And he's like, Marshall, I can't sell this fucking record. And he's like, why? Because you're rapping about raping bitches, grandmothers, and Vicodin. I want you rapping about blunts, 40s, and bitches. And that's what a lot of the rap was, I felt, in the 2000s. A lot of it. Like I said, if you go back and listen to some of these people, it's just them flashing money or showing chicks tits and asses. Mm. The music is terrible. But there's a bright side to this. I discovered I by my, my great friend, Justin Eacock. Love this kid. He took me to this wonderful gathering of nerds. 67,000 of us the first year. <laughs> There's something called PAX East. And I'm like, what is PAX? Well, Mike, do you like Penny Arcade? Why, yes, I enjoy the exploits of the fruit fucker. I think I should go to this. Why? 
I don't want to do homework this week. I'll go with you to <laughs> Boston. So I go to Boston. And he introduces me to this wonderful man named MC Frontalot. Now, here's the weird thing, Mike. I'd had MC Frontalot CDs for two years. I don't <laughs> remember how I got them. <laughs> um, so I go. I hear this music. I'm enraptured. I'm enthralled. It's nerdy rap. And nerdy rap has been around for a long time. You got Optimus Rhyme, uh, MC uh, Hawking, which is a novelty act, but still pretty good. Um, and all these other people that have been around for years. So we go, well, well, what the fuck is this? And I find out there's a documentary called Nerdcore Rising, which follows the exploits of MC Frontalot. Mm -hmm. And this nerdy hip hop, oh my God, it is such a powerful and nerdy subgenre of music. And then there's this other guy I met last year. I interviewed him on Twig. His name is R Raheem Jarbo. He's a teacher. He's a musician. He's a rapper. He's a hero. He's otherwise known as Mega Ran, though now he's known as Random because he wants to get away from the Mega Man rapper persona. But this guy can freestyle like no one I've ever met. I was at a concert of his last year. I held up a picture of the Ninja Turtles. He went off on a minute rant about the Ninja Turtles <laughs> in the middle of a song at a concert. And I was like, holy shit, let's try something else. I showed him a picture of Salt the Hedgehog. He keeps going. Um, and it was amazing. He just kept going with it. And he is one of the most powerful, hardest working men I've met in the nerdcore rap industry. And I've met a few of them like Adam Warrock, MC Lars, you know, uh, beefy Schaefer, T dark Lord, a lot of people. And just Raheem mega ran random, just so much powerful work that I think that's where the hip hop genre needs to go back to the roots. Talking about the hard light, inspiring, basically the street poetry, if yeah. you will, not just look at me. I got money. Hey, look at me. I get the fuck this bitch. Hey, you know what? You got to pay taxes. I don't No, yeah. Music should be more than just bragging about your accomplishments with yeah. these guys. There's a track and Mike, I want you to link this in the show notes. It's from Mega Rand's versus tour. This guy's on tour as of right now, visiting X amount of cities across this great land of ours. And he does a song called awakening and it samples something from Mega Man X2, or sorry, Mega Man Zero 2, which is the Mega Man series featuring Zero. And there's this one line that totally, if more rappers could do this, I think it would transform the genre of music immensely. And, it's, and the lines are, it seems the way to blow up is to imitate. Tra I want to innovate and stimulate minds. Travel the universe and penetrate time. It hurts when your worth is defined by your purchase, even worth when is walking this earth with without a purpose. That is something I'm very heavily considering getting tattooed on me somewhere because that's a way that I think hip-hop and music in general should be. You should want to innovate, to stimulate, to travel, and to literally be timeless. Yeah, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I agree to a certain extent. Um for me, what? what could you disagree with? with no, that's such I, a positive message. No, I'm saying like the direction for rap music. I, 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 I agree with what you're saying to a certain extent, but for me, I'm just not a listener of, of rap music. Now there are some nerd bands like guys night and, uh, Oh, what was the one? What's the band that does the dark Knight one? That's um, the same band. Although it was under a de although it was a side project called Holy Light of Demons, which Holy was, Light of Demons, yeah, which, which eventually was renamed to something else, and I can't remember what it was. But yeah, these guys 
wonderful novelty band. I'm sad they're not making music anymore. Yeah. Um, if you want other nerdy bands, Mike, I highly recommend you check out a band called Kirby Crackle. They are awesome. Another band, I Fight Dragons, is another good band out of Chicago, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of other. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to look at, at, at my iTunes playlist. Give me a second. <laughs> um, um, Anna Managuchi, wonderful chiptune band. I never thought anyone could make music with a Nintendo. <laughs> and they did part of the, or sorry, they did the soundtrack for the Scott Pilgrim versus the World video game, which came out by Ubisoft last year or sorry two years ago now wonderful game <laughs> and there are so many talented nerdy artists out there i mean an, another band that i support is arm cannon uh one that comes out of nashville mike how far are you from nashville uh, about three hours maybe you like Mega Man, right yeah, you're going to mention the Proto Men, aren't yes. you? Yes. This is a band that no one, I think, expected to be as successful as they were. Even they didn't expect it. Yeah. And they are a Mega Man rock opera. And if you can see both acts back to back, it is one of the most powerful musical experiences you will ever do in your life. I mean, it's, it's like seeing any of the concept albums by any of your popular artists. I mean, think Rush's uh, 2112, I think it is, their concept album, mm. or uh, or Tommy the Pinball Wizard, shit like that. It's a musical journey, and it's partially a stage show as well. And they also do covers of 80s songs. They actually did an entire album of, I think, Queen songs. And to hear the guy known as Panther wail out Freddie Mercury it's fucking eerie how good he sounds now the thing that moved me almost to tears I guess I have a vagina I keep it in my pocket <laughs> they did a cover of Journey's Separate Ways which recently got really popular because of Tron Legacy and yeah. to hear step into the world of power loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus just this sound just fill a room it is an auditory orgasm. The proto men are some of the most talented musicians I've met, and they're all classically trained in various disciplines. And I think that's the really cool thing that they can collaborate and create something cool like this. Um, other off kilter bands. I'm only going to mention one or two more. Um, there's another guy you should check out. He is a chiptune DJ, but his name is DJ Cutman. His stuff is pretty awesome. He just put out an album with a guy called Spamtron, and it's based on The Legend of Zelda 2, which is pretty kick-ass. Um, another person to mention is Adam Warrock. He's another guy who does uh, nerdy rap. He just did a bunch of shit for Mass Effect, actually, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Crush 40 does music for Sonic the Hedgehog. They're pretty cool, although I don't know whether they ever perform. And lastly, and I just talked about this with uh, Steve Megatron Phillips on Future Imperfect very briefly, Warp 11. It's a Star Trek band, a Star Trek punk band with songs like Jerk My Kirk and Suck My Spock. 
amazing yeah, stuff. I tried listening to that. You got to pick the right songs to start or you're not going to be a fan. That's the problem with them. You got to start. You got to take baby steps. Like everything I do, I do with Captain Kirk. It's, I think, a pretty good step. Or Jerk My Kirk. The one that, uh, <laughs> the one that I want to mention uh, is a band that came up a number of years ago. Uh, I think 2008, 2009. Uh, Might have been 2010. Um, Rock Sugar. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Fucking amazing. Okay. Everybody remembers, yeah. Uh, everybody remembers Wacko Warner, right? From Animaniacs. Okay. Everyone who has gone to see the Transformers movies and has heard Ironhide, Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko Warner from Animaniacs, is the lead singer in Rock Sugar. It's also done with his buddy Chuck Duran and a bunch of other people. Uh, I think it's them two and three other people. I forget their names off the top of my head. I'm not looking at their info. The whole idea of it is they take the 80s metal like Metallica. Uh, they take the the melodies of that and they put it up against 80s pop lyrics like Journey's um, Don't Stop Believing." So you get Don't Stop the Sandman. You sing the Journey lyrics to the Metallica instrumental. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That brings up an entirely different subgenre. And I'll just mention this very, very, very fast. Mashups. Yes. This is something the 2000s. Holy shit. I'm so glad you gave it to us. Although not the first time. I, the first collaboration I can think of was Run DMC and Aerosmith. Yep. Um, but there are wonderful artists out there. And you need to Google this fucker right now. Agro One. He has done some phenomenal mashup work you also need to check out dj earworm is i think the guy that always puts together the year in pop and he mashes up every popular song from the last year into one continuous track um another guy that i really enjoy especially if you live in the san francisco area or he also does parties in in la party ben partyben.com he does one song that'll appeal to all you nerds galvanize the empire the M- the imperial march by john williams and galvanized by the Chemical Brothers. Oh, wow. Holy shit. This music will blow girls' clothes off. That's how awesome it is. <laughs> uh, like, seriously, partyben.com, phenomenal. He also releases CDs called Booty. And they're just the mixes that he performs at, at the club every weekend. And they are so inspired. They are fantastic. Mashups is a wonderful subgenre of music. Hell, DJ Heroes is an entire game dedicated to this. Yes. Go check it out. And also go check out Dead Mouse, also another phenomenal artist. Uh, he does some wonderful work. In fact, he actually just spoke out about collaborations of all things he was talking about. I think you can find that article on like CBC or something, maybe McLean's. I don't know. Just Google Dead Mouse interview uh, collaborations. I'm pretty sure it'll be one of the top search results. But uh, mashups, like I said, wonderful thing. It's something you guys should check out. Um, you'd be surprised some of the weird things. I mean, I know there's an article or there's a mashup between Eric Clapton's Layla or sorry, cocaine. And I think the chemical brothers, or there's one with, Oh, there's one with, uh, I think it's blue oyster cults, Godzilla. And, and um, that song milkshake by Kellis. Oh my God. And it, it's really friggin' awesome. 
Yeah. Like, like I said, go look up Agro One. He's one of the best guys. I don't think he's doing them anymore, but if you can find an archive of his stuff, seriously, boss. Awesome. All right, and the final category is favorite artists overall for the 2000s. Stuff that we still listen to now. For me, uh, Nickelback, Theory of a Dead Man, 12 Stones Default, Saliva, Seven Dust. Uh, Seven Dust... Seven Dust amazes me because they are... I wouldn't expect a rock voice like LeJohn's to come out of a black guy. I don't mean to be racist like that. I'm not trying to be racist when I say that, but it's just one of those things where you think of voices like his and voices like Aaron Lewis's. You think of hard rock and white guys. And he has an amazing, amazing voice. Uh, Godsmack, uh, Disturbed, um, just great, great stuff. Um, you know, Seven Dust is still putting stuff out. Obviously, Nickelback is and everything else. What about you? What are some of the... Uh, uh, one of the bands that I will follow until they eventually decide we're going to break up <laughs> is CKY, and that's Camp Kill Yourself. These guys spawned... Uh, from Bam Margera's brother Jess, uh, actually, and they and the band line is constantly changing. It's always oh, I can't remember, I can't remember the lead singer's name right now. It's going to drive me crazy. But anyway, they're they've constantly they constantly change bass players, which really sucks. Uh, but anyway, they've had several albums, and their latest album, um, what the hell? It's not Carver City. I can't, it's not it's it's gonna no maybe it was Carver City. I don't know. Um, either way, these guys, their sound really sucked when they were on Roadrunner Records, which uh, they're finally released from that contract. They're now under somebody else. And that, I think, was one, one of their weakest albums. One of the albums they did, I think it was for Interscope, I think, I don't know, uh, was an album called Infiltrate, Destroy, Rebuild. And Mike, I seriously want you to, you know, I may put this make this available to you. Maybe I'll purchase it for you via iTunes. It is one of the best rock albums I've heard in so long because it's so much fun and all the music is just, it's really fun guitar people having fun. That's the way rock music should be to me. It should be fun. It should be rebellious and it should make you just feel good about yourself. What's the name of the band again? CKY. And another band I listened to, and I love this. I think their best album was 2006, maybe 2007 called the suffer and the witness rise against i love so many singles off this in fact the entire album is solid i don't skip a track when i listen to this album uh rise against they've done so much good work and just they're nice guys it was also the first concert i went to and i got a concussion um it was awesome someone jumped on my head um i'm lucky i'm not dead that rhymed. Um, yes, Carver City was the last album they put out in 2009. Solid, solid album. I can't wait to see what CKY puts out next. Last year, they put out uh, the B-Sides and Rarities in 2011. Which actually has the single from Jackass 3 uh, during the credits. They play a song called Afterworld, and mm-hmm. it's so much fun. I love CKY. Um, another band that I listen to still currently, mainstream band, is um, Offspring. They've remained remarkably consistent over the years. Though there was a time, there was a girl I I dated years ago named Tasha, and she told me the band sold out. And I would agree, some of the music became a little radio-friendly, but it it didn't affect the message I found, and that was the Americana album. But they put out an an album a couple years ago, 
and it got a lot of radio play. But there were so many good songs like Christy, Are You Doing Okay, Hammerhead, You're Gonna Go Far, Kid. Great band. Still glad they're still around making music. I will love them forever. Bands that are not mainstream, MC Frontlots, latest album, Solved. Pretty solid album. They actually collaborated with a band you might have heard of, Mike, named Weedus. Do you remember them? No. Have you ever heard of a song called Teenage Dirtbag? No. You should you should check that out. It's actually a really fun song. So go look it up on YouTube, Teenage Dirtbag. Um, but he's also collaborated with so many different artists. He he always collaborates with comedians for his album. I think the funniest is where he collaborates with Eugene Merman. Uh, I also listened to Mega Ran, aka Random, Arm Cannons, another big one that I listen to. A Proto friend, Man. oh the Proto Men, of course. I actually that's one of the only bands I listen to their discography. They only have technically three albums. There's Act one, act two, and the makeup in Vanity set. I'll listen to that through once a week, guaranteed. Um, Kirby Crackle. Uh, go look up the song Ring Capacity. If you're a fan of the Green Lantern, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's what I listen to a lot. And uh, I think they're all awesome. They, all, all these guys have websites. Go check them out. And like I said, I really recommend you check out Seek. CKY, Mike, especially Infiltrate, Destroy, Rebuild. If I was going to start you on one album, that would be it. Okay. The last two that I want to bring up that I didn't bring up earlier is um, Incubus. Incubus does oh, amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing music. I first found them on the um, Make Yourself album with Stellar and Pardon Me and all that stuff. I love a lot of the songs off that album. The Morning View album has a lot of great songs. Um, after that, it's kind of hit or miss. I kind of gravitated towards different singles and stuff. The Light Grenades album has a great song on there called Dig. absolutely love that song. They have... Now, in the 80s, as a kid growing up in the 80s, most of my 80s music was... You know, what everybody listened to, Journey, Aerosmith, uh, ACDC, Hall & Oates, all that stuff. But I also did, and I blame Tim Burton and Batman, I also did listen to Prince. Off of their uh, Monuments to Melodies album, Incubus has a cover of Let's Go Crazy by Prince. And I find I enjoy the Incubus cover more than the original song that Prince sings. <laughs> I don't know if it's the sound that Incubus and that Brandon Boyd brings to it, but I just absolutely love that cover. The other band I want to mention is Live. Ed Kowalczyk, Chad Gracie, Patrick Dahlmeyer, and Chad Taylor. Live is no longer together, sadly. Aren't they but... doing a reunion tour soon, though? Because I want to say I heard that recently. I don't think so, since they got into a huge, huge fight. A number of years ago, um, I think it was back in 2009 that they they actually broke up. Uh, I think that what they're going to attempt to do is replace Kowalczyk um, and then maybe get back together for that. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. Uh, Kowalczyk's departure. After a concert at the Palazzo in Las Vegas, June 2009, Live announced that the band would take a two-year hiatus to work on other projects. Kowalczyk recorded his solo album Alive, and the other band members formed a group with Kevin Martin and Sean Hennessy of Candlebox called The Gracious Few. 
Uh, at the end of May 2010, the other three members of Live filed, filed a lawsuit against Kowalczyk and their former business manager in the New York State Supreme Court. Uh, Kowalczyk was asked about the lawsuit in September of 2010 interview, but declined to elaborate. Essentially what happened is he tried to screw them out of um, <clears throat> royalties and stuff like that. Uh, but apparently, as of uh, last year, Live's return with Chris Shin as lead singer. On June 8th, 2011, Chad Taylor revealed that he, Dalmeyer, and Gracie will be restarting the band and recording new songs without Kowalczyk. He made no mention of any potential new lead singer. And then the latest news on March 12th, 2012, the band returned from their nearly three-year hiatus with Chris Shin, formerly of Unified Ununified Theory, as their new lead singer, the new lineup performed before invited audience at the Strand Capital Performing Arts Center in York. The band performed a six-piece with the gracious few Sean Hennessy on guitar and Alexander Lafure on keyboards. So apparently they are coming back. I've ne never heard of Christian, so I'm just going to wait and see. But live in the days of Ed Kowalczyk, was amazing. Lightning Crashes, I Alone, uh, Lacani's Juice, um, from the Mental Jewelry album, uh, uh, Beautiful Grey, uh, just um, Dolphin's Cry from uh, The Distance to Hear. Amazing, amazing artist. I, I thought, I, I just absolutely love that band. So, I've often said I don't mind if bands ever change the instrumental part of them, like bass players, like guitarists, like drummers. Uh, Theory of a Dead Man has gone through like 20 drummers, their 10-year career. They just have. Uh, but I've also said that if a band changes a lead singer, it changes the tone for me. Like if Tyler Connolly was no longer the lead singer of Three of a Dead Man, I don't know if I would still be listening to them depending on what the new singer would do. Same thing here with Chris Shin. I'm going to try it. I'm going to keep an open mind about it because I've been a live fan since 2000. Um, but there are just some, you know, take Journey for example. Journey has had multiple lead singers since Steve Perry and there are some that sound just like him and there are some that don't. But... It just depends on what the, what the new sound is going to be. Yeah, I'll stick with the band as long as the sound stays consistent. I can't think of too many bands, at least in my experience, that have changed lead singers significantly. I mean, with CKY, they they changed their bassist, like they mm -hmm. changed their underwear, which is unfortunate because I really <laughs> liked Vern Zabrowski's, or I'm pretty sure I fucked that name right up. And then Matt Dice uh, did it for one album or two, yeah. maybe. Uh, and their new guy's okay. So um, Rise Against has had some of their band members change up over the years. And Offspring, I think, has stayed pretty consistent. So um, I'm, I'm relatively happy with them. But, Mike, uh, we should wrap this up. Yeah, we're going to go to commercial break. We're going to come back to close it up, and we'll be doing that right after this like animation come listen to animation aficionados and if you disagree with us you could be a guest on a future show available on itunes the zoom market and animationaficionados.com pixels in the animation is the next cartoon review podcast series in the geek cast radio network's long history of review series we've had transformers he-man and mask as far as the cartoon review podcasts we have done 
Now we bring in TV's Mr. Neil as he and TFG and Mike break down nine video game cartoon series. Steve Megatron will join us for the Mega Man and Sonic episodes. We'll be reviewing and analyzing every episode of the Mario, Zelda, Captain N, Mega Man, Donkey Kong, and Sonic cartoons. You can expect us to go in-depth and also talk about the game franchises that spawn these cartoons. So tune in summer 2013 as we find the pixels in the animation. Channel, don't they? We ain't nothing but mammals. Well, some of us cannibals who cut other people open like cantaloupes. But if we can hump dead animals and antelopes, then there's no reason that a man and another man can't elope. But if you feel like I feel, I got the antidote. Women wave your pantyhose, sing the chorus, and it goes. I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. Oh, you want the Slim Shadies are just demonstrating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. Oh, you want the Slim Shadies are just demonstrating. So won't the real Slim Shady please
You can now hear the Geekcast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear Geekcast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter Geekcast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code Geekcast Radio when you register.
We are back, and there you have it, the 2000s, uh, decade of ups and downs. Uh, you know, Mike has gotten into a lot of the nerdcore scene. I have essentially stayed with bands that I've listened to in the past 10, 15 years. I don't pay attention to what's new and current. Um, honestly, some of the newer bands uh, I, I find through watching wwe uh, i found a band called jet black stare and uh rev theory uh jet black stare actually does one of the theme songs for some of the people i work with over on that guy with the glasses awesome yeah uh, i can't remember what the name uh, uh i can't remember it's like dun dun like a hurricane i don't know you uh, uh it's probably ready to roll. it's probably ready to roll that's yeah. it yeah that's on yeah. film brains thing they're pretty awesome too actually yeah they are pretty awesome so that's gonna do it for the 2000s i know we didn't hit everything but there's only so much we can hit and there's only so much we can focus on uh the next uh let's see here um let's see uh we hope you enjoyed this episode of geekcast radio and wish you'll join us next time when we begin kicking off the artist spotlights for the 2000s there's going to be a few of these we are bringing Steve Megatron back to the flagship show, and we'll be talking about Weird Al Yankovic. For now, I am TFG1 Mike with... Mike the Birdman Don said, Nerdcore, rise up! Thank you for listening. Until next time. Chorus Ensemble. If I traded it all, if I gave it all away for one thing, just for one thing. If I sorted it out, if I knew. You've just listened to Geekcast Radio on the Geekcast Radio Network. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. First, visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can comment on all of our different podcasts. Second, you can rate our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. Third, follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio. Fourth, become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcastradio. Call the voicemail line 502-526-5821. Please remember to tell us the show you are leaving the message for and your name. So until next time, unleash the geek in you.